0: cybersecurity workforce. The workforce needs to grow by 65% to effectively defend organizations' critical assets. Paul Williams, thank you very much for joining Tech Central today. Paul's the country manager for Fortinet and has a whole host of insights and some conversations we need to have around this because that workforce needs to be developed. Let's talk about that, please, Paul.
1: James, thank you for having us on Tech Central, and we appreciate the time. So we have obviously, you know, as Fortinet have had a dark and I think a very interesting look at the amount of skills that we have in not only the African continent, but also globally. And that's a great gap that we're actually currently facing. And to add to that conversation, we're also seeing that with that gap skill or the skill gap shortage we also have is that there is basically a brain drain in Africa, and that's a big problem because although we are educating people on the ground and getting them skilled up on cybersecurity, they are now leaving the African continent looking for work elsewhere on the global scale.
0: And this is very much a global agenda, but let's talk about SADC and the areas that you're the country manager for quite specifically. But talk about there's a huge skills gap and that talent shortage is creating challenges. Those challenges are not only severely affecting businesses, but they're creating rework and costs unnecessarily when arguably that should have been plugged a long time ago. What's your standpoint now, on this? So my
1: standpoint is, I think we should start at grassroots levels. I think from mm-hmm. a point of view in SADC and the Indian Ocean Islands area, you know, Fortinet is on a big drive to try and educate as many people as possible around cybersecurity, Just the basics to start with. Over and above that, we are obviously on a big drive to develop what we call Fortinet Academies. These Fortinet Academies can start at a high school level with a grade 12. Perhaps doing his grade 12 and then basically getting what we call the NEC or the network security engineer level four to level seven specialization. This specialization allows that person to then go into the industry with a recognized certification and perhaps get a job in cybersecurity. The second part of that is we're also talking to the likes of, you know, the TVETs and the universities where we're actually driving the student when they come out of their third or the fourth post year of a university And actually having a certification that the industry recognizes and actually putting these people, men and women, by the way, into positions of cybersecurity where they can start learning about cybersecurity technologies, actually start understanding it and getting a career. Because we believe as Fortinet is this is the next 20 to 30 year career levels of many, many students and people applying today. And I can tell you now we are graduating many students that are coming out of university and college. And these students are quite capable to actually have a career in cybersecurity.
0: What I understood from another conversation was that it isn't necessarily the background that the individual has. It's more the passion that they might have. That's a very important point.
1: Yeah. So I don't believe that we have to have university students who have first degrees in electrical engineering. I mean, we can have people that are interested in cybersecurity, but it's basically hardworking people, people that actually understand cybersecurity and cybersecurity today not only covers the technical aspect, but also the sales aspect. So there's two Mm. parts to that discussion. And the sales part is also very important because with Fortinet having a 100% channel model, our channel model also lacks salespeople actually understanding cybersecurity and selling cybersecurity technologies to the marketplace. That's the first part. The second part is when students are coming out, they can fit into all parts of cybersecurity elements. So when I talk about elements, it's basically different disciplines. Mm-hmm. The different disciplines cover things like the basic firewall technology, understanding what we term the network operational center or the security operational center, people actually monitoring the data, actually understanding. And then from there, if they build their skills, they can actually then become what we call cybersecurity consultants. They can either be on a private level or a public level. They can then basically create little startup companies and actually develop their own companies and sell to the different vertical markets like public sector the service provider markets and the small to medium businesses. And that's really where we see the skills gap. I mean, many partners today that train their staff are looking to try and retain their staff as hard as possible. And this is the problem they're facing is that as soon as they get a qualification, which is recognized by industry, they move on to the next level because obviously enticement of higher salaries is pushed out to the marketplace, enticement of better job offers, maybe better career paths as well.
0: So that's very important. So we've got to be careful about that too. And a lot of what you've been talking about is the fact that 14.8 is focusing on empowering people, generating opportunity, creating education, and you've got training advancement agendas, training institutions and programs. There's a lot that you're putting into the system. What are people getting out from this in terms of the specific qualification and maybe being married to opportunities?
1: Sure. That's a great question. So what we've done is 14.8, as from 2020, just after COVID hit us. And everybody started working from home. Fortinet took the initiative and our chairman, Ken Z, who's the chairman and co-founder of Fortinet, said, let's start training people on the field. I mean, they're sitting at home. They have obviously maybe extra hours to work. And we offered our NSE training for free. That means the courses were then basically put online. We had virtual courses being programmed on a weekly basis. People could join these courses, obviously ask questions. And then over and above that, once they felt confident to go and write that level of certification, they would then obviously pay to go and write a Pearson View qualification, which was then recognized. We have carried on this model to date. We still give our NSC training for free. We're also working with nonprofit organizations in many countries like Zambia, Malawi, Angola, Mauritius, for example, where we're actually driving the acumen and the teachings of the public sector as well as the government to say, how do we take your people on the ground and actually better their lives? How do we take these people and take them And show them what cybersecurity is about. Pique the interest. Drive initiatives. Let them think outside the box. You know, a person that does cybersecurity is a very interesting person, if I can put it that way. Mm. And it's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing because cybersecurity takes a lot of knowledge-driven activities. It's basically thinking in a multilateral environment. It's not just single-dimensional. It's multidimensional. And that's the thing about cybersecurity technologies is that it has have many layers that people have to get involved in. So we typically take a student or a person that's interested, try and get them understanding networking as fast as possible, understanding the basics of networking, the basics of communication. That is basically Wi-Fi, switching 3G or 5G type network, mobile networks. And then we say to them, how do we actually now take you further by understanding how to secure these different networks? And the problem we have is the threat landscape has become a lot larger. 20 years ago, the threat landscape was very small. And what's also happened is that the whole unified security platform has now become one where we see the switching, the routing, as well as sub-security being put into the same platform. So that's why I'm understanding the person that comes and works with this technology has to have a breadth of knowledge across all these types of disciplines as well.
0: And Paul, I was fascinated to read some of the global security skills gap report, which we will share as an attachment to this recording. And how it talks about the fact that eight in 10 organizations have had breaches in the last 12 months.
1: Now, yes, and those breaches are becoming more and more sophisticated, by the way. So, that's it. you know. 10 years ago, the simple breach was a very simple breach where somebody would put a virus on your machine or you would have an Excel macro virus mm. or you would have somebody trying to do what we call a very basic denial of service attack on your line. Mm. It's become more complex now. You know, you're talking about malware type of attacks where a person would come into your environment or basically log onto your machine, take your machine over and then lock the machine down and you would to pay a ransom amount. And that's typically what we term as ransomware and they come in and actually say, well, if you don't pay me 50,000 US dollars, I'm not going to give your data back. And then they delete the data. And by the way, eight times out of 10, they don't get their data back, which is not a public knowledge. Interesting. Yeah. Even above that, that huge implication of phishing has taken place now. I mean, if you saw the press last night and even last week, certain public sector figures have been hacked by certain Absolutely. anonymous people mm-hmm. certain data has been stolen and the problem is when the data gets out and becomes the public eye how do you actually try and protect it That's mm-hmm. a big mm-hmm. problem and the sophistication of attacks and when we talk about broad-based uh, sophistication attacks it's typically attacks across all vectors that means mm-hmm. it's your laptop it's your cell phone it's your smart device it's your home that's not connected mm-hmm. to the internet and this is again a basic education i mean i have children, we lock our PCs down very hard. By the time they get onto the internet pipe home, I monitor everything. I ensure that nothing is leaked out or leaked in, and I'm very strict about it. And sometimes they don't like it, but I'm protecting not only them, but I'm also mm. protecting my workspace. Because I don't know if you know, over COVID, basically everyone was working at home. There was a huge uptake in cybersecurity and Fortinet came out with a model where we told them to work from home, or work from anywhere. And this basically created a huge problem for the search providers because suddenly now to support a large member or members of people on the internet pipes that they basically didn't spec for. Number two is the internet router at home now basically became an open device. And suddenly the kid that was gaming was basically allowing viruses and certain other traffic to flow into the network because they weren't secure. People didn't even change their passwords on their basic routing devices at home. They kept them at the stock standard industry Ad, admin uh, one, two,
0: three. <laughs> exactly. I'm well, um, fascinating. And while we talk about your children and youth, I think it's important to understand what are some of the aspects that might really appeal to young people to get into this industry?
1: My advice to anybody is that you definitely have to have a certain personality for this. It's hardworking. Don't get me wrong. It's interest-driven as well because you've got to basically have peak interest on what you're learning, how the things work together, how the networks fall together, how the technology basically is working Uh, at different levels. Over and above that, you've got to have a bit of data scientist acumen where you actually understand the data itself. You can read into the data. You can understand the network itself, what the network's doing. But the last thing about Fortinet is we have enhanced our visibility of those technologies. We've taken our technology and the first thing we typically show customers and the people that we talk to is visibility and basically single pane of glass. What that means is that the person that wants to take this into Korea has those tools available to them learning those tools, basically programming those tools, understanding how those tools work, and actually having a large amount of content output to show you what's actually going in your network. And that's the type of person that typically would take up a cybersecurity career.
0: I'm definitely also hearing, if you don't mind what I'm saying, I'm hearing that it's an ever-evolving space. They're solving uh, real-world problems that change from day to day. Here's a
1: simple example. So 10, 15 years ago, the highest speed we got to any network, even in a corporate environment, was below 10 megabits per second. But what are oh, we getting now in corporate? Yeah. We're now getting 100 gigs right throughput. Gigs. Uh, your percent. house is getting at least 100 megs to maybe 200 megs to sometimes a gigabit per second. Now, what you've got to understand is that when somebody's trying to attack that network or that home network, it's happening at that network speed, which means two things. Number one is that a human brain can't defend that type of attack at that level and that speed, number one. No. So what we've done is no. Fortinet is we've taken our products and enhanced them where we actually do things like what you call artificial intelligence and machine learning. So let me take you to that point is that True. I advise students to learn about artificial intelligence. I advise people to understand what machine learning is all about, to learn digital coding
0: mm.
1: on different levels. I mean, we have many different programming languages, but understand the programming and the coding of the program. Get down to the bottom of. How the programming works, how multiple languages talk to each other in the network, that's very important, and I can tell you how a lot of kids that sometimes don't even have a degree actually understand programming language because they 've got the brainpower and maybe just the know-how of how programming language actually works
0: and I think what i 'm definitely hearing, and I hope our listeners are too is that there's an element of mentorship that we should be giving other people in organizations it's not a tick box exercise it's not a case of yeah you all need to be trained up on this it's actually a, a case of guidance mentorship yes. encouraging people to find opportunities that they might be able to upskill or reskill in as well and this is something that 14 is clearly very proud of but you've made available all sorts of different you know courses and materials we started talking about but just to re-emphasize a lot of the courses and the material you're offering is actually free Yes,
1: correct. So Fortunate has pledged to train over 1 million people by 2026. It's Amazing. public knowledge. It's all on our websites. And, and not only in South Africa and SADC, but also globally. And those types of people that we want to train will come from different walks of life, men and women. And, you know, we're also pushing a very, very high gender at the corporate level to actually train more women in ICT and cybersecurity. Good. Because women play a vital role in the different parts of cybersecurity, you know, not only if it's selling, but also working behind these types of technologies and actually enforcing certain rules and understanding. But they can be trainers, they can train the trainers, they can train the students, you know, transfer knowledge. Transfer of knowledge, to me, is, is such a vital point. I always believe that you know you might hold power of knowledge, but once you transfer it, you know, it's up to you to go and learn about the next best thing in life. Uh, Correct. And
0: that's what and,
1: I'm trying to teach much more.
0: And, and on... On that note, what do you think the future of cybersecurity might look like over the next five to 10 years in your region?
1: I think in the next five to 10 years, it's a big plus for us. We're on a big drive to get these people educated. It's a big drive to help people understand the career paths. We're on a big drive to talk to no matter who you are, uh, let them understand. We have a big drive with our channel model partners. So typically our distributors have what we call a certified training center inside the environments. We try and drive that these distributors train these people. They offer courses on different types of courses in cybersecurity. Sometimes we even ask the distributors to actually run programs where they can actually get DTR points back for CSR, which is accounting for for the government of South Africa, for example. But the same counts for countries like Zambia and Malawi and Mauritius, where the government recognizes the skill shortage and actually try and fund it from a government level as well for those right.
0: academies. And I'm sure there are bursaries and all sorts of other systems that might be put into play. And I don't think cybersecurity is anything that is going to start dwindling or we're going to see the end of. It's definitely here to stay and it's prevalent. But I think it's such a poignant issue around the boardrooms at the moment where we're trying to tackle and often case remedy the fault as opposed to prevent and avoid the cybersecurity happening in the first place. So I'm very that's pleased correct. to see how you're really focused on that skill side of things to bring that to the fore so that we can be preventative as opposed to curing.
1: Correct. Yeah. And that's, I think, the very important rule for other people to understand. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's it, cybersecurity careers are very flexible. You might learn something today and next week you find a, a peak interest in another type of technology within cybersecurity, by the way. Mm. And that's that's important. It's very, very key. And also, you know, the cybersecurity savvy is becoming more and more. I mean, I think you've got young kids and so do we. But, I mean, my, my generation didn't know what computers were about. I mean, we learned on the first Commodore that ever came out, which was tape-driven. Mm-hmm. Not give my age away. But um, our kids know how to work a smart device. They can tell you today what all the features are, how the thing gets programmed, you know, how the, you know what sort of new operating and application can be put onto this device and how these applications work. Um, so, yeah, our golden children, as I term them, or golden millennials, understand technology better than we will ever understand it. I
0: mean, it's almost, I mean, it's almost the... like it's, it's intuitive to them. It's hardwired. Yes. And I think, that's, I exact... think that's, that's very much the point that you've made today. And I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation because I think what we've done is highlight, yes, there's a risk. Yes, there's a gap. The risk is huge. The gap is huge. But so, too, are the opportunities. There's a whole plethora of people waiting, looking, exploring new career paths exploring opportunities leaving education institutions wondering what the next step might be and this is it this is definitely something if it appeals to you it might tweak an interest it might just be something you want to scratch around in 14f definitely creates that environment and that place for the youth and as you say especially young women to come into that space and explore it so thanks for sharing this insights paul
1: pleasure no problem I think the, just closing, if I may, is that it's very important that no matter who you are, if you are interested in cybersecurity, do reach out to Fortinet. We have academies across the country. We have free training online. If you just go to training at fortinet.com, uh, just type that in the URL, you'll actually find more information. You can start reading about it. You know, we give free courses in the beginning. You can then basically build your knowledge base, you know, that's f- there for people to use. And that's the important part. And That's investment Fortinet is making globally and as well as in South Africa.
0: Phenomenal. And just to repeat, your pledge to train 1 million professionals to increase their awareness will make a huge dent. And I very much look forward to following that because by 2026, Fortinet is going to hopefully change this landscape. So, Paul, for me, James Erasmus at Tech Central, thanks for a fascinating conversation. I very much look forward to the next one.
1: James, thank you for your time and I appreciate it. And thank you to the listeners.